Topics. Ho ho ho! Oh my gosh! And a pilgrimage we go. <laughs> I wrapped Thanksgiving into it. Did you see what I did? That was good. That Thank was good. You. Yeah, I, I did skip Thanksgiving and then you wrapped it back in, so that was well, perfect. It's okay. But it, it is the most underrated of the holidays. That is true. I think. Yes. You know. And speaking of holidays, this is our very special holiday episode. <laughs> I feel like we should sing some holiday song, but then I really we don't want to do that. We can't pay for it. Oh, you know, that's true. That too. I was just about to sing Jingle, jingle Bells. bells. <gasps> I oh didn't my even gosh. know you were going to see Jingle Weird. Bells right now. I also really wanted that little like chime sound with the ch- 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 oh. that sounds kind of like snow and like reindeer. Yeah. You know, that classic little sound that is that like, ch- oh, this is Christmas. Yeah. I wanted that to play right then. That would be amazing. But, yeah. And since we have not learned to edit whatsoever, nope. you're not going to get a nope. single Christmas <laughs> chime or anything Absolutely fun not. in this episode. Just put on a Christmas hat and think of Santa because <laughs> we don't know we're really, how to do anything. We're really low production. Low. Yeah, we can't put you in the mood of, a, of any mood. <laughs> <laughs> so think about Christmas and be happy, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> That's where we're at. Well, so, actually, we didn't introduce ourselves. I'm Megan. I'm Brooke. And what I want to know before we dive into anything, please, I want to know what your favorite holiday is. Um, You know what? My favorite holiday, ugh, I'm so torn. Like, my initial thought is Thanksgiving because it is still a time where there's, like, um, cheer in the air and decorations around and family and it's, like 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 a lovely fall time um (laughs) but i like more about the decorations and there's more cheer in the air for christmas it's just that at christmas it's a little overwhelming for me it's Mm. a lot family wise or family wise decorations wise like they said in um the We Can Do Hard Things podcast, where they say it's the most wonderful time of the year, but really it's the most time of the year. It's the most in <laughs> the every most. way. Yeah. You have to spend all this money on everybody. You have to accept a bunch of gifts from everybody. For me, that's exhausting. You have yeah. to find time for everybody in such a short month. You have to find time for all the traditions that everybody wants to do. It's so much visually. Yeah. It's constant bombardment of Christmas. You go into the grocery store or Target and you're like, I get it. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit too much, but I, if it was just pared down, like all those things yeah. pared down, expectations pared down, I would like, I would say for sure Christmas, but yeah. I just feel it's like the expectations of people make me stressed. So yeah. it's not a for sure Christmas for me. That's why. It sucks too, because it totally defeats the purpose of what it's supposed to be like a time of relaxation, yeah, a time of break. Like gratitude. Yeah. You know, the holidays are supposed to give you that much needed break after a year of grinding yourself to the bone, you know, doing whatever you do. But like, yeah, I mean, there's, you're supposed to be, it's supposed to be a, a stress-free time yeah. when it's totally the opposite a lot totally. of the times. So, and, yeah. you know, I, I really like spending time with um my family and my people but it doesn't mean that there's not stress that's accompanied by that or like triggers that are accompanied by that and so of course that's its own thing to 
consider when you're like, what's your favorite holiday? It's like, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I um, I love Halloween. Halloween yeah. is like my favorite. And, and it's funny because some people say that's not a holiday. Some people don't acknowledge it. I know, I know. I don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. I see it as a holiday and I just always loved the, just the fun stuff having to Satan. do with Halloween. <laughs> I've always been a Satan lover. I mean, Satan, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I I don't know. People are going to say they don't count it. But, okay, let's just say for the people who don't count it, um, out of Christmas and Thanksgiving, I I like Christmas better for yeah. sure. And I think that's a, a lot of people yeah, choose Christmas classic. for that. Yeah, That's very basic, Brooke. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just said that. That's <laughs> so basic. That was your answer, Megan. Like, I took your answer. I actually do really like Halloween for the cute Halloween part. Yeah. Like, I love the kids dressed up. I love the trick-or-treating idea. Um, but I don't I don't like scary things. I so. love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, because, again, you love Satan. So we already covered that. <laughs> I am Satan. Let me say it one more time for the people who weren't listening. <laughs> And we just lost a huge community of people. <laughs> like, what? Um, no, but I don't know. The holidays, I totally agree with you on what you were saying about it. It just yeah. ends up being kind of stressful for those reasons. However, yeah. it doesn't mean that it's a totally terrible time. No. And we want to make it the best time that we can. And so we want to talk this episode about how to help ourselves have the best time during the holidays and not live in our triggers and live in our codependency, especially because for me, a lot of my codependency is brought out by family time or certain friend time Yeah, because the holidays are where you see people you've known forever. So you've known them in your most codependent states. Yeah. And so like I've unfortunately known you forever. So I'm constantly triggered by you every time I see you. I'm triggered right now. (laughs) I don't know how we're getting through this podcast. (laughs) But, but yeah, and, yeah. and you know that that's just true you're going to be sent back to who you were when you were around those people the most yes and learning to not live in that headspace is what we're going to talk about today yeah and you know what movie just came to mind i mean there's so many great christmas movies too but um this isn't i guess you wouldn't consider this a christmas movie well i do but the movie just friends which we always oh, quote yeah. all the time <laughs> And I was just thinking about how much the main character, Ryan Reynolds, hates going back home. And so mm-hmm. he hadn't gone home for years yeah. until, like, he that whole story plot unveils. But, like, um, him going back to his hometown mm-hmm. and just, like, him being immersed into all those traditions that yeah. he hates and, like, was trying to avoid for years. Yeah. And the comedy aspect of, like, going home for the holidays, yeah. it makes such great content for movies, which is why there's so many totally. movies like that. But, um, but every... Yeah lesson in those movies is that not going back isn't the answer oh yeah it's going back being aware of who you were and who you are and how to meld the two or how to stand firm in your Mm now-ness and not let other people's inability to let you evolve change (laughs) you and make you react totally you know totally it doesn't have to be a time where you completely give up yourself and are just constantly mm-hmm. triggered and annoyed and you can't even be your own self because you're so, you know, dealing with everything else going on. So yeah. it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. It can be a very pleasant experience. Yeah, exactly. So let's dive in. Um, 
just a quick tidbit about the holidays here. You know, we become, around this time, we become anxious about everything from not giving good enough gifts to reverting to our old childhood role in the families, you know, and then holidays can just press buttons that enliven a codependent patterns of behavior uh, embedded in our nervous system, in our nervous system. So the, what we want to talk about is the four self-protective codependent patterns that we usually tend to default to when we're with family mm -hmm. and around the holidays. So the first position is the dominant position. So people in this dominant position, they use behaviors that make you feel that make you feel better or superior to others in order to make yourself feel better about yourself. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I just messed that up. Let me start that over. Uses behaviors that make you feel better or superior to others in order to make you feel better about yourself. Mm -hmm. So you act like you're superior so that everybody else is fooled and hopefully fooled into thinking that because that facade makes you feel better. Yeah. And I feel like this is ever, like really classic way for people to respond. And I feel like now when I see people behaving in this way, it is like a, a really obvious response to where you almost feel bad because you're like, you're trapped in that. It's like, I just want to talk to you. You don't have to do all that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they, they um, yeah, they're, they're doing the most, essentially. Right, and you're like, yeah. just calm, calm it. I just, <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know. I just feel bad in those moments. I don't know really how to convey to people who are doing that that I'm not looking for them to do that. I'm not impressed by that. I just want to talk to you, Right, you know? right. And, and wish that they would know that about themselves, which is ironic because I don't know that about myself. <laughs> I know, I know. And it's funny when you come across these kind of people because there's someone in my family that I will not name that is this way. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, dude, chill. Like, yeah. you can, it's okay. You don't have to mm -hmm. prove your superiority at every moment yeah. of the day. And that must be exhausting. Exhausting. Like, And that's what I think, too. There's a few people, a couple of people in my family who do this as well. And, you know, when they leave we're like we just feel like we've been talked down to the whole time like yeah you know it's just it ends up being very patronizing and you're like I think you don't know me I don't know you at all what even was that why you know right and I I mean that must not make them feel good at the end of the day like what are they getting out of that interaction mm -hmm. that feels good to them you know right um, this also can look like buying the best or most expensive presents to make a big deal about how much, or me, sorry, this can look like buying the best, most expensive, expensive presents or making a big deal about how much trouble it was to find something. Hmm. So uh, interesting. Yeah. I, we have some interesting dynamics in my family and we do have, um, quite a few people on my dad's side and some aunts that really go crazy with Christmas like mm -hmm. they definitely you know um do the most mm -hmm. um and I don't know sometimes it makes it seems like it's on the cusp of like you know wanting performative to, there we go yeah and I, I haven't really made a decision on that yet as to whether or not or I don't know it's not up to me to make a decision on it I'm just saying like I haven't decided fully what it is yet because mm -hmm. at times it can seem like it is very show-offy but mm -hmm. then at other times it really comes out from a genuine place of loving to give so yeah 
I don't Interesting. want. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't the jury's still out. <laughs> we could probably be both. Like we were saying, there's never a perfect villain. And again, it's not like I say that not meaning we're trying to make villains out of people, but that's just a phrase. Like there's never a perfect things that you describe are never going to happen a hundred percent of the time. It's like, they might not always be doing something out of that motivation, but sometimes they are, you know, that's more common. Oh yeah. You know, it's not black and white, right? It's Mm -hmm. life is gray. So, um, they don't let anyone be equal or don't let anyone be equal to you. Mm -hmm. So you have to be superior and it goes back to what we were talking about. Um, uses teasing comments to devalue Mm -hmm. others. Uh, Very, very confusing about that one. Like, that's a really kind of benign one comes to mind of a member of my family. I was wearing a Tom Petty band tee, Mm -hmm. and um, uh, it's, he goes, he said something like, oh, when did you go see that? And it was very clear he was saying I hadn't gone seen and seen him. Yeah. And, um... He, you know, I said, people oh, it... love to quiz. Sorry. People love <laughs> to quiz on music and like, if you wear anything, God forbid about a band or anything, they have mm-hmm. to know like, yeah, no. they, they have to test Defend you. yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I, I told him that I, I had just bought the, that off of, you know, out of a store. Yeah. And the whole day he was like making teasing, quote unquote kind of patronizing comments about the fact that I was wearing it and hadn't gone and seen the person. And it's like, are you doing this? Are you feeling a lull in the conversation? Were you not getting enough admiration that yeah. you had to say that again because it makes you feel better? Right. Like, why are we still doing this? And it's just very, very random, very unnecessary. Yeah, I had a guy randomly come up to me when I was wearing a Metallica shirt and be like, Oh, you still said this on the pod. That's when we were talking about the, um, the, 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 merch this is name five songs oh that's right yeah because <laughs> it, it happens all the time yeah yeah it happens constantly it really does and like for a while i was really into def leopard merch and yeah. i still think their merch is super dope but i yeah. i try listening to them they're not my thing but i totally it's so funny when i wear it it's like the older generations mainly are just like oh oh they get all mm-hmm. butthurt about it it's like calm down dude are you even yeah last time i wore a, a band tee somebody said are you even old enough to be wearing that shirt yeah can you go mind your own damn business <laughs> it's so ridiculous uh, okay um don't let others help you or know what's going on with you and you typically mm. suffer silently yeah, well because you have to be above everyone so you can never admit that you got something going on you need help with yeah and this is just i mean this is obnoxious <laughs> <laughs> looking at all of the traits of the dominant position mm-hmm. and i'm not trying to call anyone out yeah. i'm not trying to say anything it's just don't be this <laughs> but way but you're my least favorite <laughs> I feel like we do this. All right, I feel like I do this a lot. Like in, when we talk about certain things, where I'm like, "Yeah," and then the avoidant attachment <laughs> is going to be this kind of person, and they're really fucking annoying. Yeah, well, it's like because it's triggering for us because we're not that type. Yeah. Somebody else is that type, and that is affecting us negatively. So I don't like that other type. <laughs> I know. It's like we're not biased at all, but mm-hmm. man, fuck avoidant attachment people. <laughs> okay. Um, Adaptive relationship position. Okay, so the last one was dominant, and this one's adaptive. Yes, the last one was dominant, this one's adaptive. Adaptive is you become what people need you to be. Mm -hmm. Sounds familiar. Okay, me. Yeah, you're authentic. (laughs) Yeah, I was talking about you, actually, when I said sounds familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds familiar, Megan. (laughs) Um, Your authentic self disappears, and you become a chameleon. Hmm. 
So I don't know, but codependent much? Yeah. Because that's what it sounds like to me. All of these are codependent positions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that is... The crux of codependent. And me, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just like, I don't know. This screams codependency mm-hmm. to me, right? Um, intuitively aware of other people's emotional states and try to cater to them at the cost of your own emotions. Yep. Yep. Play the role of peacemaker. Fear of conflict. Protect yourself by focusing on others. Mm-hmm. I do that a lot at gatherings where I'm like, they'll ask me a question and I'll short answer shortly and then I'll just immediately ask them just to, let's just focus on you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You likely complain to one or two family members after the event. That's definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> you cope by eating or drinking too much. Definitely okay. me. Yeah. <laughs> Getting called out. Um, internalize conflict and soldier on. Well, we can't talk to anyone about it because we don't want conflict and we need to be the peacemaker. We can't bring things up to people. And that's the reason that I just immediately turn the focus on other people because I don't want what I say to be conflicting. I don't want to be perceived in any way. Yeah. (laughs) You know? I want to be, like, almost invisible to the point where I wasn't noticed. But then I get pissed if I wasn't noticed. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So weird. Yeah. Yep. Um... Avoidant relationship pattern. Okay, so the next one's avoidant. Oh, Lord. These are all patterns of codependency. These are things that we fall into when being around our family, just a reminder. Um, So avoidant relationship, we refuse to conform or adapt to your family's norms. Um, You passively rebel against the status quo. You may arrive late to the event. Very controlling behavior. Yeah. You're more likely to not bring the things you said you would bring. <laughs> so if it's like a potluck and you didn't bring the freaking dish. Um, not having a strong sense of willpower or authority within the family. Uh, fear of being taken over by the demands to conform and act to conform and act out by withdrawing or acting contrary. Withdrawing, that's the avoidant for sure. For sure. Uh, you show your family that you are a powerful individual by acting out at the expense of peace and harmony. How opposite is this from the adaptive? Very. You frustrate others and when confronted and when confronted, act as though you are the one who has been wronged. Mm-hmm. Gosh, this really frustrates me when people are the cause of a conflict and then act like they are the victim. It's so irritating. I cannot stand it. And mainly because I feel like a martyr. Yeah. Again, I'm triggered and upset by it, not for good reason, but because I feel like a martyr because I've been trying to keep the peace this whole time. I've been working overtime and then they just swoop in and make my job harder and then get all of the like victim love because they're, oh, what's it? Oh, I've been wounded. Yes. Stop. And it's very irritating. Uh, Submissive relationship Mm. position. Lastly, submissive. So, always felt unloved or undervalued in the family. Okay. Even when you try to do things for others, it seems like it's never enough. Hmm. Sees everything through the lens of not being good enough. Uh, You feel you aren't given as much, or you feel you aren't given as much as others and believe you are unloved. You arrive emotional, late, or otherwise distressed. You interpret questions or comments as attacks on you and are quick to sulk or cry when being wronged. Hmm. You feel victimized by the family and believe you are the only one who has to submit to what everyone else wants. You don't recognize that others walk on eggshells around you and the power that your emotions actually exert over the family. Yeah. I, I can relate to that for sure. 
Um, and then you suffer from the stories you tell yourself about being unloved. This one, I feel like, I feel like I'm definitely adaptive. I think so too, actually. I was, I was going back on these and adaptive is mine, but I do have a few of these submissive traits. traits. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of one person in particular who I think I didn't realize I thought was the same type of codependent as me, but I think is more submissive. Really? Because they don't realize at all their controlling behavior or the fact that everybody's walking on eggshells and they just think they're the one that keeps getting the brunt of it. For sure. You know? For sure. Yeah, I feel like I'm a mix of the two, to be Mm -hmm, honest, of mm -hmm. adaptive and submissive, which it should be. I mean, that's fine, right? I mean, it's all under the guise of codependence. Like we say, there's nothing black and white. Probably is more that you shift back and forth or are a little bit of everything in different situations, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's important to know where we stand on these because as a codependent, it's going to come out in different ways around different family members. 100%. So don't you think that, like, you might be adaptive with a certain family member, but then you also might be submissive towards another? Yeah, or, like, mom's side, dad's side. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm this way with my dad's side, I'm this way with my mom's side. That's a good point. That's a good point, yeah. Because yeah. it's definitely different family, and, like, being a codependent in general usually means you're being very chameleon-like, mm-hmm. so it's, like... You're always adapting to that family or that family. You're always... But I think I would say it's not because if you're the dominant side, then you're not really being the chameleon. You're kind of being the confronter. Mm. And that's more like the taker in the taker-giver codependent dynamic. Oh, you know? true. Because that other person is not really being a chameleon. They want you to be the chameleon so that they can keep being the one that feels good about themselves and puts you down a little bit. That's true. And then, you know... Yeah, I actually didn't think about that because I don't, I, I don't take on that role yeah. often in codependency. Totally. So I, I didn't think about it because I don't often um, experience it myself, but you're right. Yeah. You're right. That is, that is very true. So not everyone struggles with that, but I would say the other three out of these probably deal with the yeah, chameleon Yeah, seems like it. Yeah. Well, then now that we've talked about the t- types of triggers and how they manifest when you're in these situations, let's talk about how to prevent codependent behaviors from spoiling your holidays. Yeah, because no one wants to spoil a good time. Mm-mm. Not your own time, not anyone else's time. Um, Absolutely. Holidays are meant to be fun. Holidays are meant to be fun. Let's lighten it up and let's use some strategies to just make the most of the moment. Yeah. You don't need to fix anybody. You don't need to fix yourself. Let's just try to have some strategies so that we can have some fun exactly so first one is own your buttons i like that one i do too so like it or not your buttons are your sensitivities and you have to stop blaming the button pusher Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. these triggers reveal your insecurity fear low self-esteem or unmet needs they cause very nervous your they cause your nervous system to react automatically and emotionally to protect you as though you are a vulnerable child Mm -hmm. It's your button and diffusing. It's your button and diffusing it will stop you from shifting to your codependent relationship position. Love it. That honestly takes most of my, that, I guess what I'm saying is it helps me detach when I do that. When I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's my thing. Yeah. When I'm less like, you're doing this and, that, and I bring it back to me and I'm like, oh, I feel insecure about this thing. And that's why 
that made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, and I think this is really important to discuss in this day and age about buttons and triggering because we do live in a society where we're trying to be super sensitive towards that. Mm -hmm. And I do understand that to, to a degree. However, I do think there needs to be some personal responsibility in owning up to the fact that, yes, this is my button, this mm-hmm. is my trigger, and I do recognize that not everyone's going to be able to cater to this mm-hmm. at every moment of every day, yeah. right? I think we're in a, a time now where we're um, expecting everyone to cater to those triggers all yeah. the time. And I don't think that's fair because I mm-hmm. think it's it's hard to... Uh, enforce that it's like the boundary thing Mm -hmm. you can't control other people's behavior you can only control your own and you can only control what you're willing to tolerate and what you're not willing to tolerate so at the same time that's how triggers work is you have to own the fact that this is your trigger and unfortunately it's probably going to get triggered sometimes yeah you know yeah i feel like it's that thing of like i can't make you feel a certain way right that you have to balance both I want to tell you this is a trigger for me because I know you love me and let's work on this together so that maybe you can pare down the things that keep triggering me. But then also I'm not blaming you. You're not making me feel this way. I'm just saying it is happening. So let's talk about it. Now for these topics, that's where these strategies come in to play because when we're at a family gathering, oftentimes those are people that we either can't have those conversations with because it won't go anywhere or we're not going to invest in them enough to have that conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, these are like the internal strategies to just do recognize that in your mind that they can't make you feel that way, that it's yours because that helps you detach. And then you can graciously move forward, recognizing that that person didn't do that to you because they know that's your fear. (laughs) Yeah. They're just living. Right. And I think it goes back to taking things personally, right? Like we struggle so hard with this when someone triggers us. We we immediately want to be like, wow, they, they attacked me. And it's like, well, they didn't, didn't mean to a lot of the time. Most Mm -hmm. of the times it's not vindictive. Mm -hmm. It's, it's out of not realizing that that's a trigger. Totally. Yeah. And you have to recognize that that's a trigger for you and be willing to acknowledge that. Yeah, Yeah, that's the hardest part. Yep. Uh, Don't drink too much. (laughs) 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 Don't tell me what to do. Yeah, come on. Yeah, shut it, shut it, like Michael Scott would say. (laughs) Shut it. Um, Yeah, so while some holiday cheer can take the edge... While some holiday cheer can take the edge off of the tension and family get-togethers, too much reduces our ability to use our executive function to Mm self-manage. So in other terms, it decreases your functionality of the prefrontal cortex that keeps you uh, in the game, so to speak, mentally. Uh, next thing you know, you have said something in jest and your sister is crying in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So remember the rule of thumb, which is never argue with someone who's drunk. No one wins. Yeah, I just think it reduces your ability to behave in a way that's respectful to yourself and other people sometimes because you know you're in a place where you're triggered. So then if your inhibitions are lowered, you're going to be triggered with no inhibitions. So yes. obviously that's not a good place to be. When you're trying to keep it PG, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. I could not agree more. And actually, on a personal tidbit, I'm at a time in my life right now where I'm reevaluating my relationship with alcohol. Mm -hmm. And so when approaching the holidays, it's a definite thing where I'm thinking all this through because I know how I am when I drink too much. And I know that I get 
not fun. I get the opposite of fun. I, I was always jealous of people who like are the fun drunks. When mm-hmm. they get drunk, they're just like a blast, you know, and they're right. like the funnest people to hang out with. Mm-hmm. I'm the emotional drunk. So right. if I get too, too drunk, I'm talking like when I'm, when I've had way too much to drink. I mean, I'm fine as a social drinker, but mm-hmm. when I've hit that threshold that we've all crossed many times in our lives, well, maybe not, but <laughs> <laughs> some people, everyone's a drunk, aren't they? <laughs> We're all drunks here. Right. Am I right? Ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) But, you know, we've all been there before Mm -hmm. where we've drank in or drinking. We've drunk. We drink, drink, drunk. I don't know. Drink? Drunk? What is it? It's like hanged when you're like, hanged is the correct thing. And you're like, no. (laughs) I know. And this word, for some reason, I never get the tent. I know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But when you have drinking too too much, much. had too much, um, that's when you cross the line into some of these other behavioral paths. For me, I get really emotional. Mm -hmm. And if I did have a dynamic that was going on with someone, it gets exponentially worse. And I end up saying things that I regret or just bursting out in tears Mm -hmm. and making the whole situation awkward and uncomfortable. I haven't done that too much in like family. I mean, I have, I've had had like emotional outbursts here and there, but like I haven't gotten to that yeah. point in, in front of my family but I just know but it will it, it has the potential of making that worse exactly yeah and I know how I am when I have too much to drink yeah. and I know that that would be exponentially worse around my family so yeah anyways didn't make that to mean to make that all about me I'm just saying like it's important to reevaluate your mm-hmm. relationship with these things yeah. especially around the holidays keep checking in yeah uh, don't try to stop other people's behaviors. Yeah. So if every year your father makes a big deal of what he has spent on presents or your mother is disappointed because yet again, no one bought her what she actually wanted, um, because she always says she has everything she needs, notice your reaction and let it go. No rolling the eyes, sighing, or trying to show them the error of their ways. The less energy you put into caretaking the feelings of others when they act out, the better you will feel. Yeah. That one I definitely need to... I've gotten better, but I still need to work on with a couple people. Yeah. Because de- my I just roll my eyes really naturally. <laughs> like, just... Uh, they just go annoyed. in that direction. Yeah, they just... <laughs> like Liz Lemon, the eye rolling. Yeah. Jif, it's perfect. But yeah, I feel like caretaking people's needs, I'm getting better. But that response of like, I can't believe you're doing this. You yeah. know, that kind of moment of reaction, I still need to cool it (laughs) i'm still trying to work on that too it's hard but okay learn to depersonalize Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. just because a family member is out of line doesn't mean you have to react to them Mm -hmm. often siblings and parents will say things that they have always said just to get a reaction Mm -hmm. or out of their own insecurity or anxiety they insult devalue or otherwise embarrass you so don't make their comments about you so if your mother says is that what you're wearing to dinner in a tone that implies, oh my gosh, what are you thinking wearing that? Simply respond, yes, I am Captain Obvious. <laughs> I am Captain Obvious. That is a 2000s reference for sure. I love it. Um, But this one is, goes to what we were saying before. You know, like own your triggers. That upset you. Don't take it personally. It's a them problem. You don't have to defend yourself. Exactly. You know. Mm-hmm. And then don't get pulled into the drama. If you have a relative that shows up late, distressed, or otherwise emotional, take an empathetic transactional approach. 
Don't let your emotional reaction add fuel to the fire. Whatever is going on with them is not a dramatic event that needs to spoil the party. Mm-hmm. A comment like, sounds like you've had a rough time, come settle in and say hi to everyone, is a good way to transition them from the state that they're in when they're visiting. Hmm. That's interesting. When they are in a visiting mode. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Because I do feel like um, other people's reactions or like people being gossipy it's hard yeah. to know what to say in those moments that's not feeding into what's happening. Yeah. yeah. So I need to get better at that. Because I feel like it's, I feel awkward when I say something that's obviously trying to avert to a different topic. Yeah. Because it's very clear that I'm, that's like conflict to me. I'm saying like, what you're doing is a no. <laughs> yeah. Let's do something different. And even though it's like a smooth transition or kind or whatever, in my mind, it's so awkward. Yeah, it, it totally is awkward because as a, like, how my brain works, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking this is so obvious. Yes. They know what I'm doing exactly. instead of like, no, this is really kind. In fact, they probably yes. really appreciate this. Right. What you're doing. Yeah, exactly. I just oh. think about automatically as like, oh, no, this is. And, you know, I we need to get over these little like social faux, faux pas, mm-hmm. I guess you can call them or whatever you call them. It's like these little things that we tell ourselves of yeah. like, we can't say that. I mean, that's just going to sound rude or whatever. But it's all about your approach and delivery. And honestly, I think is like it, if your intention is clear that you're trying to help the situation. Yeah. I don't know. I just I just think <laughs> I just think that it's uh, it, we shouldn't go too crazy with that. Yeah. And we shouldn't get mad at ourselves like just for doing the thing that's good for us and because we don't have to immediately be pulled into whatever they're doing. Right. And we just need to know that. And I feel like that kind of is the main idea talking about holidays. Like, as a pact, as our gang we have here, let's make a pact with each other that moving into the holidays, we are going to make an effort to recognize our own triggers, recognize our characteristics, and then be able to depersonalize and move forward in a kind way with boundaries. And then that way it's better for everyone because we'll have boundaries. Like there's no one way liberation idea. We have the boundaries. Everybody will be free as well, you know, in that, in that space. And I think it'll just make the holidays more enjoyable and that's what we want. Yeah. By setting yourself free, you'll set everyone else free around you. You unconsciously give permission people around you permission to do the same exactly. and to let their hair down and to have a good old time yeah open presents eat the wow. food southern <laughs> i um, don't know what accent actually i don't know that was not southern what i just did <laughs> i know not we're not sure as per usual with our accents but we want to wish the pod a happy thanksgiving and a merry christmas happy hanukkah happy holidays whatever you uh, celebrate And we want to let you guys know that we are going to be taking a two-month break. That's why we did our holidays um, episode now, because November, December, we're going to be taking a break from the pod. But we're coming back January 2024 with special guests. Yes, we are coming back with a bang, y'all. We have such a fun season already Mm -hmm. in the works. We're planning it right now. Yeah, we have an exciting guest lined up. We have two guests lined up. And uh, we have merch that we're going to launch. We're going to be hopefully launching a website sometime next year. Yeah, so. so look out for all that stuff. Listen to all our old episodes to prepare for when we return. And keep writing us at doyoulikeuspod at gmail.com with ideas for episodes, advice, 
questions if you need advice, um, questions uh, that we can answer in an episode, anything like that. And we're just so grateful for being able to do this. It really, I think, has been cathartic for us and really, really fun and yeah, wrapping up this season, I think we both like learned a lot through this process. Mm-hmm. This is really, I mean, we wanted to share what we've been learning with others, but really this pod is to help us in so many ways, like yeah. just even discussing some of these issues out loud and coming up with solutions. I don't know about you, but it's helped me tremendously. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So we really just want to build this community with you guys. We really want you guys more involved in this with us. And we hope that next season we can get a lot more community involvement at this time, when you guys write our email, um, even this holiday season, if you're just lonely and wanting to write someone, write mm-hmm. to someone, we'll listen. Absolutely. I mean, holidays could be a really lonely time for certain codependents who may not have family or friends around. So yeah. we're really sensitive to that. And if there's anything you want to talk to us about, literally it could be anything, we do respond pretty quick through that email. So even if you just want to talk to someone, we're here. Love it. Yeah. And on that note, do, do you like us? See you next year.